Hello, welcome to the podcast with Ella May Sophia. The podcast will now begin. They look, but they do not see. They listen, but they never hear. Yet every eye, every glance is this. The Most Beautiful Wife by Ella May Sophia. The kingdom of heaven is like the most beautiful wife who goes out with her husband in the town. She is the most pretty and amazing woman in that area. Every man looks at her when she goes out with her husband. She has the bluest eyes, the softest and palest skin. Her hair is silky and her body is tender and tall. Her smile is so sweet and warm. Her voice is so sensual and kind. They all wish they were the husband because every night he goes to bed with this beautiful woman. He wakes up next to her She smiles at him and touches him and always he is with the most beautiful woman. But this husband is blind. He has never looked upon his wife. All the men cannot understand why she married a blind man. The men in the town, they look, but they do not see. But the blind man He cannot look at her, but he sees her beauty. The men who see do not see her beauty, only an appearance of beauty. This is like the kingdom of heaven. It is always there being beautiful. It shines like the sun at dawn. It is every song of the blackbird in the green fields. It dazzles before you as an ever-reaching sea of diamonds in the soft moonlight. But the beauty that you really see is sensed beyond an appearance. It lives in the heart. Even the blind see it. But those who live in the shadow of the mind cannot see. But I tell you, come out of it and climb up to see the radiant dawn of your new life in each moment at the top of the mountain. Then you shall see the kingdom in all its beauty as the man sees the beautiful wife. Her outer beauty will fade away, but the beauty he sees shall never fade away. Your eyes will cease to see one day, but the beloved always remains. So the apparent self is constantly looking, is constantly searching in appearance for something that will fulfil it, because it lives in an object-subject world of illusion. It thinks that what it's looking for must be something in appearance or something in itself. Both are an illusion. There is neither object nor subject however it may appear. 
There is no end to the subject-object appearance. Duality appears. If duality didn't appear, we would not see the end of a cliff edge. We would not be able to tell the difference between poison or water. We would not know the difference between sky and land. We would not know the difference between night and day. Duality appears and that's okay. But the illusion that one lives in duality, that one is here and the world is outside, is an illusion. What you are looking for is beyond an illusion. What you are looking for is not an alternative to the illusion that you are trying to get out of. What you are looking for is before anything that arises, before anything that moves in you, before anything is conceptualised, thought of, grasped or let go of. Life is free to be anything. Life is a free flow of energy. What is, is so free it does not know it's free. The clouds, they move in the sky, but the clouds are the same as the sky. If you take the clouds away from the sky, the sky is still the sky. If you take the blue away from the sky and there is black night and stars, it's still the sky. It doesn't matter how much you try to dissect yourself, how much you try to pull yourself apart, heal yourself, fix yourself, meditate yourself into what is. You will always be what is. But you will never find this as a person. You will never find this as a self. Because the whole construct of this illusion of self is completely unfounded and untrue. Silver. The birds sweetly chirp. Evening falls, as do all things. And they always make way for more peace. The rainy mountains here like giants hidden in the shroud of their own mystery. Blue dust in the air like the light of the beloved mother. It twinkles in the sky like silver falling softly. Time is still like prayers frozen a million million kisses descending slowly to his feet peace peace in which no one sleeps this was an extract from the book a million eyes by ella may sophia available worldwide on amazon also everything that moves. No matter what we do in life, no matter how old we are, there is always this still movement 
this empty fullness, this silent sound. This message is just words in a shared language that's understood. These words are not the message. The words illuminate something which is beyond words. Even when this life has passed away for this body-mind, or your body-mind, or any body-mind, what is will remain. Even when these words are passed away, what is will remain. What is doesn't need someone to witness it. It doesn't need someone to see it for it to be. Freedom doesn't know that it's free. A bird doesn't know that she's free. She's just soaring and flying and nesting and singing in such a way that she's completely unaware of it. Yet it's complete freedom. So you will never know that you are free. Freedom is an absence of seeking. Freedom is an absence of need. And I'm not talking about bodily needs like security and sex and food and dreaming of a nicer house or traveling or that if you love someone you need them to love you back. All of those are human bodily needs. A bird does not need a nest, it has a nest. A bird does not need a tree, it has a tree. A bird does not need anything. It only needs what's naturally in it that arises inside of it. The need to build a nest isn't really a personal need, is it at all? The need to have a safe house for the human is not a personal need. It's just an act of survival. It's just life taking care of itself. So now's time to answer some questions. And I do have one come through. If you'd like um, to ask a question for this podcast and to get an answer, um, you can do that by going to my website lmasophia.com and there is a contact tab on the footer of the page at the bottom of the page so you can send me an email there I'll read it out you don't need to put your name there you can if you want Um, or if we're friends on Facebook or you follow my page LMA Non-Duality you can send an audio message and it will be played on this broadcast So now I have a question. My question is, is it it is often said in most awakening circles 
that the whole question is about some sort of change for the better. Better thinking, better personality and better relationship with those around us. With non-duality, it seems that all of that can be just a side effect of the awakening and theoretically everything could remain as before even the awakening has happened. So if awakening has not in itself any quantitative or quantitative change, how can one say that the shift from I experience the world to the world experiences itself has happened? In this view, has the word shift or awakening any meaning at all? That's a really good question and I'm going to answer it. So, there's this whole idea that somehow there is this this enlightenment and this enlightenment happens to you. And of course it's very hard for the seeker to to not see that it doesn't happen to you because that very seeking energy is looking for something in its world, in its object-subject reality. And so it's looking for something, a happening, some sort of awakening that will happen. And therefore, in that awakening, it will smooth out all the jaggedy and crooked edges in your life. So you'll no longer get jealous. You'll no longer have fears about things that happened in childhood. You'll no longer be any different. And of course that's not necessarily the case. But it's not going to happen to the person. Of course there is a a personality or a character, a unique individuation of all that is as Ella or as whoever. And each character has a different flavour. There's no two alike. Even twins, they're not the same, are they? And so awakening in itself doesn't have any any qualitative effect um, on the person at all. Because in that shift, in that so-called shift, it's seen that there is never a person to begin with. And so that person is never going to be fixed, is never going to be whole, is never going to be awakened. Is never going to be a better version of you. And so, what's being pointed to here is that at that point where there is a realisation that there never has been separation, there never has been a separate person, there's a recognition that everything is as it always was. That life is just life without any sort of here and there, without any sort of I am here and I need to get there in order to be whole. There is just wholeness. And so what can then happen with the character, not the person, but the character, that unique, individuated, all it is, as what was explained just before, that character can relax So if there's been the qualities of being quite selfish, not having a problem with putting yourself before others, perhaps your conditioning from your parents was more 
loving so then there will be those qualities of loving if that if that loving sort of way of being is not so taught and not so learned then the character will just relax into that so there's all the possibility that the character could actually become an even worse character or it could become even better as for things like anxiety fears of course they're going to become a lot less because there's no longer the sense of there being a before and now and after. So that kind of catch-22 anxiety of being anxious about being anxious, that will end. But there may still be anxiety, there may still be fear, but it will only be the very base fear. So fear of spiders may still happen, but probably not the fear of spiders coming in the room, just fear of spiders when there is an actual spider, or a scorpion, or whatever else. So this is a really good question. When it all comes down to it, everything goes back to the base nature of wonder, of immediacy. And so the character will really relax, and the character will just be itself. And so that in itself is something more expansive. It's better, but not for the person. So that's the only question we've got so far. If there's any others, I'll add them on. Um, thank you so much, whoever that was. Um, and yeah, we'll see if any more questions come. So there is a next question, and the next question is, if you lose the fear of death, what remains? All fear is coming from the fear of death, isn't it? So this is a really good question. Yes, the fear of death has gone. But there is still the fear of how you might die. I mean, just because there isn't the fear of death, because this is death and life all at once, doesn't mean that if... For example, there was suddenly a car coming at you at full speed. You wouldn't be frightened because the body-mind knows that when that car hits, it's going to be really painful. And it might be all right if you go straight away, but you might not. You might lie, lie there in extreme pain with the loss of a limb, bleeding to death for maybe even quite a while and then get to the hospital, and it would all be really horrible. So the body-mind doesn't want that. The body-mind wants pleasure, it wants comfort, it wants security. That's the inbuilt survival mechanism of the body. So there can be other fears, fears of not having enough money, fears of losing somebody in a relationship. These are all survival mechanisms. So the fear of death is not the source of all fear. There are other fears. Of course, the person fears death because it wants to live. But the reason it wants to live, the person, is that it wants to find wholeness. The most terrifying thing for the person is to live and never to truly fully live and be whole. Once that has gone, 
once that illusion has died, that somewhere in the future there is a time where you will be whole, then there is no longer the fear of death, because what's seen in liberation is that there was no one there to die in the first place. And the immediacy of what is, is both death and immediately life at the same time. It's a miracle that anything appears. It's a miracle. And so, then all that's left is fears that are naturally inbuilt to survive. So when we think of, for example, caveman times where there were predators like saber-toothed tigers and other animals and forest fires, there would be fear of those things because that's survival. So there's a very difference between, a very big difference between being afraid of survival things and being afraid of not truly living. But you can never truly live because you're not alive. There's only life. That was a great question. Um, Thank you to whoever that was. And now I just want to say thank you to everybody that's tuned in to today's broadcast here on this wonderful podcast. It's such a pleasure to be able to broadcast to you and to make this available to everybody. If you've not already subscribed to my YouTube, you can find me on um, YouTube under LMA Sophia. You can visit my website, lmasophia.com, to get all the links to Facebook groups and YouTube connections. If you'd like to have a one-to-one session with me, you can do that, it's completely free and some people wish to give a donation. I'm always really happy to connect with other people. So thanks everybody. Thank you to everybody that gifts to me through PayPal, through my website. There's a link at the bottom of the page if you wish to support me so that I can carry on helping lots of other people and talking about this message, which is so close to my heart. I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Thank you.